and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I'm Maisie McCabe, UK Editor. Today I'm joined by Nicola Merrifield, Premium Content Editor, and Gurdjit Deegan, our Creativity and Culture Editor. Hello to you both. Hello Maisie. Hi Maisie. So this week is School Reports Week. Across this week we're publishing our review of 100 agencies a year, which includes individual reports for the 100 agencies, as well as some overview analysis. Uh, for 2023, our art director, Chris Barker, took inspiration from classic comics like The Beano and Dandy. This included an ensemble cover of well-known figures from the industry, as well as group shots of people from some of the agencies. Chris worked with Richard Tingley to develop the illustrations. So Nicola, this is your second school reports at Campaign, and I think the first time leading on the project. How, how did you find it? Well, um, this year we asked agencies for more information, which we're very grateful for, to try and build an even more comprehensive picture of how they fared over the course of 2022, um, but not just on their business performance, but how they've been looking after their staff, cultivating more inclusive workforces and dealing with industry-wide issues such as high churn rates. So it's been a rigorous exercise yet again that's taken up a lot of energy and time. So at the moment, I'm feeling very satisfied to see the end result. Hopefully, agencies can see that we've taken a lot of care to provide an accurate description of the industry and that the reports are useful to them. Okay, great. And Gurdjie, you were also involved in running and editing the project, I think, for the first time, although you've been involved in writing the reports for a number of years. How did you find that kind of broader overview? So I've been at Campaign for over eight years. I took one year out for mat leave and I still came back and wrote some uh, school reports. <laughs> I think maybe when I left, I did manage not to. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, but, but hopefully pregnant. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yes, as you say, it was the first time that um, I, I edited, took on a, a kind of editing role as well. So I still wrote a few, uh, fewer than I would normally do. Um, and then I think I edited about half the write-ups and uh, before they went to subs. And then, of course, I checked with the proofs as well. Um it was um, it was uh, it's a new challenge, I suppose you could call it that. Um, and it, what I thought was good, it was I suppose when you're writing your separate agency reports, I don't know, maybe you normally have ten to write. You kind of like involved in those, but then when you take an editing role, you step back and you can kind of see a more broader picture of the industry. Um, and I learned a bit about agencies that I don't normally cover. So I don't um, cover loads about media. Obviously, I have done, um, but I'm not as up to date as I have been with the media agency landscape so that was good that was um, a good one and then just a general kind of helping uh, me progress my career and helping other people get the best out of their work. Great and um, and then uh, could either of you sort of explain so I guess we've assumed quite a bit of knowledge probably so far in the podcast does anyone want to give a sort of quick pricey of what school reports are and the process? I certainly can. Um, So we put out a call for information from agencies at the end of 2022. um, And then we review whether we should include any new agencies. Then in the early part of this year, when we finalise the list, we begin the rigorous checking of information we've been provided with. That often involves cross-referencing against our coverage on campaign from the past year to make sure it all adds up. Um, And as part of that, I'm sure agencies listening to this will know that we go back to them to discuss any discrepancies to make sure that we can explain to them maybe how we define certain business victories, such as what constitutes a client win or maybe what also constitutes a loss. Um, Then we move on to the writing stage, which Gurdjieff's kind of talked about as well. 
So we end up with 40 pages in the magazine of the actual reports themselves. And then we also have additional analysis looking at the diversity stats that we collect on gender, ethnicity and pay gaps. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to it. Uh, I think from start to finish, it's about three months. Yeah, it's a lot of work, isn't it? I mean, what I, I, I'd also like to say on top of that is that like we take this like I felt like a lot of pressure <laughs> um we take it really seriously and we ha- we do year in year out um you know we want to give a, a proper analysis of how a, a business has performed um be it you know how is their how's their creative work done how are they doing in-house how, what's their um as you say churn rate but um staff numbers are they up or down what does that mean um yeah, so it's uh, it's 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 a huge project, but it's you know something we take really really seriously. Um, so I think that's why we all feel a little bit relieved it's over, right? <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a massive endeavour, so of course you're always going to feel like that. Um, but I think also because we're proud of what we've done, and what you know, and we're proud of the agencies that for like giving us information and being so cooperative as well, right? That's really important. I know that questionnaire was really long. <laughs> I know. Sorry, everybody. But yeah, we kind of been... went with the. Oh, let's just bug all the questions in, see what happens. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> but it's really, it's genuinely really useful. Um, you know, and, and hopefully that it will be useful for the for the continuing year. Because, I mean, it's a good point about how seriously we take it because I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard, particularly maybe for people who don't know us personally that well. They sort of imagine that we're this sort of caricature of a campaign journalist who's sort of like you know, giving out marks as part of some sort of vendetta or or kind of personal grudge or something and that we're motivated by, you know, how many flowers we get sent or where we go for lunch. And actually they sort of, people forget that we're professional journalists who are just sort of trying to do the best job and, yeah, use all the information we can gather, which includes both the form and obviously our own reporting and knowledge to, to kind of assess how an agency's done in the context of their historical performance. Which is a key point, which I have, I wrote a column about that a few years ago. We can put that in the show notes and I'm just going to sort of keep sharing it for the next 20 years or whatever, because uh, like not all sevens are equal, not all sixes are equal. And so if you are, say, one of the, you know, few agencies to get either a high mark or a low mark, that doesn't necessarily mean you are in the round a better agency that has or a worse agency than a, another shop that has a different mark. Um, because it's sort of given to you in the context of your your history. Um, and I like something that you said, Nicola, about when you used to work at the stage, which was that, I don't know, maybe you should tell it better, but it's a it's a, another journalistic comparison, which I think is useful. Yeah, so this is the uh, performing arts title for actors, singers, dancers, basically, in the UK. And um, we would feature reviews, like all you know, national newspapers feature reviews as well. So you'd, you'd have, our reviewers would go out and uh, assess uh productions um and and you're you're grading a production in that review based on what would be expected um of that particular theatre company and for the audience it's serving so there's a big discrepancy in regional theatre versus the west end because of audience numbers and commercial viability and so that's that's it you're you're taking the context into account when you're reviewing that particular show which is the same approach with this really (laughs) yeah and you know it doesn't we're not here to you know we don't we don't we're not set out to make people, you know, disappointed. And I know how, you know, how, how much it can hurt if you feel sort of undervalued and disappointed. You know, we are really coming at this with good faith and we know that it, you know, literally has a 
can have a financial implication for people at the agencies involved. You know, we hear stories of people, you know, their bonuses being linked to their mm-hmm. mark in the school reports and things. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a, you know, a, like as Gerdit said, it's a, a serious responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just try and do our, our best by everybody involved, really. Yeah, and like Nicola said, you know, at the beginning where we kind of verify information but we're, you know, we're not just looking at what did campaign write about them before. We're talking to people. We're trying to just really, really get uh, an overall kind of how was their 2022. It's really difficult sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and we're always there to lean in when if people feel that we haven't spent enough time with them. Um, you know, there was a couple of agencies in particular that I I spent time with last year after they'd kind of felt this point with their reports and that was really valuable so mm. we're always always willing to kind of Definitely. To do that yeah so Nicola were there any particular agencies that stood out as a strong performer this year well I'm going to talk about probably the most obvious one which is the one agency we graded as a nine which is our highest mark um that was OMD group um the report that we include for them is a combined one so it includes MG OMD and OMD UK um and it was really you know looking at all the different metrics that we take into consideration they were basically doing you know really well on so if you start with new business they between them 111 retained accounts um big names such as british gas burberry gamblerware o2 gift calf and then um also mgomd held on to the john lewis and partners um account after a competitive pitch so those are the kind of things that we're thinking about and then the other metrics the, the group's doing well too they've got an already large workforce but staffing still increased by 11 percent and that's also above its pre-pandemic level. So that's something we were also trying to take into account when we're looking at agencies of, you know, it's been a really tough few years. So if you're doing even better than before the tough period started, that's that's incredible. Um, billings in the past year are also up by 5% as measured by Nielsen. Um, and also the workforce diversity statistics were impressive. Just one example is that 30% of staff identify as being from a minority ethnic background. So it's kind of taking all those things into account um, led to the grade of nine. Um, Which stands for outstanding. Outstanding, for sure. And then we also graded a number of agencies um, as being eight. Um, so one down, but um, XYZ was a great agency, had a really good year, went from being a six the previous year. Um, so it's a, a, which is an independent experience agency. Exactly. Yes, I was just going to say as an experiential agency, it's had a particularly tough time due to the pandemic, but it's kind of come back fighting. Um, the income is up on pre-pandemic figures as well. Um, staffing wise, it's small, but it's doubled in size in the space of a year. Um, so all good things happening there. And we also gave VCCP an eight. Um, they are an agency that have topped our Nielsen uh, charts this year um, in terms of their billings. So billings were up by 34%. They've knocked Adam and Eve off the top spot. We said in our report that they're an agency that refuses to take their foot off the new biz pedal. Um, they're quite the machine at UBIS. Yeah. They have been for a machine quite a few has, years. is the word that's been used. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got a very formidable leader on that front as well. With Stephanie Brimacombe is yeah. an impressive woman. Well, there you go. So 37 accounts and everyone one. else. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bigger team. I'm sure she would be very cross of singling her out. There's lots of great people <laughs> working on that. Um, so yeah, and again, going back to how we're scoring agencies against themselves as well, they were already doing well in the previous school reports here. So 2021, we gave them a seven for their performance then. So it's impressive to see an improvement upon that in the last year. Great. And is there anyone you want to give a shout out to, Gurdjieff? I will shout out to a couple of the creative agencies that scored an eight. 
And as uh, Maisie says, eight means excellent. Um, so Adam and Eve, DDB, they scored a seven last year. Um, so I think I'm sure they're very happy to be back to an eight. And there's a lot to do with their creative work, the National Lottery ad, uh, the Christmas one, uh, their Calm Work campaign against living miserably uh, work over the summer. And then uh, there was a big uh, sculpture they did for Crisis as well at the end of the year. Um, but then I suppose the thing for them this year is building back after the John Lewis and Partner saga. So they, I'm sure everyone knows this, but they decided not to repitch for the account. Um, so yes, yeah, so they've done, they did really, really well last year. Um, Leo's, uh, Leo Burnett, another agency that went up to an eight this year. They've been at a seven for quite a few years. Um, and as Charlie Rudd said last week in the podcast, their CEO, um, when he joined in 2019, I think it's 2019, they were a four. So I think they've done really well. Um, and they had the, their big, the big win of the year was the Morrison's account uh, from Publicis Poke. Charlie is now CEO of Publicis Poke as well, so I don't know what that means. He's, um, all, he's obviously been, um, yeah, he's, his work has been well regarded by Publicis um, management, hasn't it? There Indeed. we go, yeah. Yeah, so, and then I'm sure everyone knows that our, at our Agency of the Year Awards, um, they they received Creative Agency of the Year. Chaka Sobani, their uh, CCO, was Creative Leader of the Year. Josh Bullmore, their CSO, was Strategic Leader of the Year. He's their CSO. Uh, yeah, so I was going to give a, a shout out to VCCP as well, another shop that um, rose from a seven to an eight, but I think... Um, uh, Nicholas, right. you can agree. We can agree. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, um, one of the interesting things that um, you know, I don't know how how public um, any of this is, but hopefully most people kind of understand that previously, sort of, I need to get my dates right, but sort of certainly prior to 2019, running into 2020, um, agents of the year um, was something that was decided by the campaign editorial team. So we chose our agents of the year at the end of the year and it was published in what we called the annual which was sort of the final issue which was often a weekly and then obviously moved to to monthly so that's now now switched so the agents of the year title um is decided by a panel of senior marketers instead of the editorial team so there was previously uh, a link between a direct link should we say between agency of the years titles and um, scores in the school reports. Now they're decided by different people with different objectives and criteria. There's not a direct correlation between winning agents of the year and a specific score in the school report. Um, you know, so so obviously it's great when agencies win agents of the year and it is part of a decision, but it's only kind of one of many metrics that we look at as an editorial team. So I saw somebody um, commenting on Twitter that um, everyone had got a seven. Um, they were being a bit snide about it. But um, but a seven obviously stands for good. Um, now, it's not true that everybody got a seven, as we've been discussing. Some people got eights, some people also got um, fives, and there was a four. Um, but there were quite a lot of sixes and sevens. Um, what, so six, um, for reference, means satisfactory. What does that mean about the state of the industry? Well, I had a quick look at the numbers just to make sure. And um, seven was the most common grade. About 40 agencies achieved that mark and just under 40 achieved six for st- satisfactory. Um, I mean, I think in the context of, you know, the cost of living challenges that are affecting the industry, um, I think I think it means it's good because again, we're talking about the context that you're operating within. So maybe 
maybe a seven a few years ago might have felt a bit easier to achieve because we didn't know all this was coming. We were going to have a pandemic and then we were going to have high inflation and there's going to be huge staffing uh, changes, which, you know, creates all sorts of new problems for any company, you know, it went within Adland. Um, so I think, I think it's impressive, actually, to be at that level. It's a I sign agree. of health. Yeah, 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 it is a sign of good health. Um, you know, as Nicola says, the it's we've been dealt with some really tough economic times. Um, so COVID nineteen pandemic and all those lockdowns were a real hit, obviously. Um, and then just as just as businesses start to kind of like come back again, it just kept feeling like something else happened and then something else happened. And as you say, the current cost of living soaring means that people aren't spending as much. So agencies and brands are having to work harder. Um, so it is, it is, it has been really, really tough. And so I do think to score a six or a seven is, it shows that you're doing really well. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, it's a sign also though, potentially of there still being growth as well. And I think one of the things I said in the intro to the magazine was about work and where people there are some really great agencies who got a seven, say, and um, it could be that the reason they didn't get an eight is that they're and thinking, you know, more of creative agencies here. But was that the maybe the work is sort of a little bit flat? I I, I see what you mean. Yes, um, and I feel like I was talking to a creative um, a CCO about this the other week, and. There has been a lot of, there's been some some really nice work coming out of agencies and from the agencies that we expect. Some of that work isn't perhaps um, tied to a brand properly. So maybe an agency brings out, comes up with a great idea for something, um, but just, put, you know, just pushes it out there without having a brand attached. And on, on the one hand, yes, that that's great. But at the same time, this is the advertising industry for brands and yeah so and it it's really interesting because I, I was talking about I don't know, the same person but someone made the point that most creative work that I don't know I haven't fact checked this but a lot of the creative work that wins in awards is agency initiated rather than necessarily answering a client brief and you know so it's a similar I guess mm-hmm. coming at a similar point from a different direction where a lot of that work that then goes on to win is often you know really probably I'm sure bright creative people coming up with an idea and selling it into a client, which is in itself, uh, you know, a task and, a, um, you know, a talent to have. But it's quite different from the idea of solving real business problems and brand challenges using creativity. Yeah. Um, is that a sign of marketers and brands being, I don't know, a bit hesitant or, or pulling back spend? And I also haven't checked those stats. I mean, if you are disappointed, you, I am easily contactable. Um, so I'm more than happy to talk things through with anyone who wants to. But it might be that your some of your specific work hits, um, you know, weren't quite as original, original or innovative as they might have been, I suppose. Um, I'm not saying that's definitely the case, but it could be something to explore. And similarly, I think media agencies are in a much better financial position generally than creative agencies because they've on a whole done a better job of pivoting given the expansion in digital media 
obviously digital ad spend now makes up around 75% of all ad spend in the UK. But I'm not sure that kind of pure creativity and media planning uh, flair has been quite seen quite so much. And I'm sure there are really good reasons for that. But um, if you are a media agency, I'd love to see a bit more of that. Like, so the, you know, just like fun, different original ideas. So, you know, things like the one of our um, best media ideas in the magazine last year was um, from PhD, which was they sort of stopped an ad break you know, to, for the British Heart Foundation. You know, it's things like that, which are kind of properly using media in a, an unusual way. Um, does anyone have any advice for people who are disappointed? So uh, it's hard, isn't it, when um, you're expecting a score and, and you perhaps didn't get the one that you wanted. Um, as we've said, sixes are, and sevens, they're still, they're still a, an indication that your business is, is doing well, but there's plenty of room for improvement um and i guess feedback from from us uh, would help in terms of where we think the business can grow uh where what you could be doing this year you know it's, it comes down to things i think we've really discussed really i guess is how for creative agencies is how how strong is a creative product how how they're working with brands um you know, staff as well and what you're doing inside. Uh, yeah, diversity in. as well, so, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to pick up on that actually because um, we, we, so we've done this wider analysis of the diversity statistics um, that's out in the magazine. Um, and it's really interesting because one of the things we look at is how many agencies have hit all three of the IPA's three key targets um, on diversity that was set in 2016. So it's been a few years so now. So what are the targets? So the targets are for 40% of senior roles to be um, taken by women, um, for 15% of senior roles to be taken by staff from a BAME background, and for entry-level recruits to have 25% of those from a BAME background. So we found this year in our school reports agencies that 16 had met all three targets. That's the same number as last year's school reports. So it does kind of show you maybe that that's, that's an area you could be looking at if you were trying to improve your um, grade, but you shouldn't just be doing it for that, obviously. You should be doing it because it's an important thing to do. But that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to encourage agencies to, to figure out ways of uh, improving the working environment for their staff, but also then hopefully there would be a knock-on impact for the work itself, because if you've got you know more inclusive workplaces, that hopefully leads to better work. So... That's definitely one area that you could look at. Also, I need to mention that the um, illustrations that were done for that particular piece, fantastic. And they are by Agatha and Sarah at A Creative Saga. I like so, those, those illustrations. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely one area that you could look at. Um, I should mention Sarah and Agatha do, a, I'm not sure if it's weekly, but they do like a comic strip about being creatives. In the, you know, they, they are up and coming creatives in the industry. And so they do a comic, comic strip kind of based on silly things that happen or the experiences they have you know sometimes quite serious and so um check them out on instagram we'll put them on the show notes so obviously we added a few new kind of metrics and questions in this year should we is there any anything else to come using that information so yeah we're going to be doing a deep dive into some of the extra data we've uh, received from agencies so things like looking at um you know how many have taken up the cross-industry initiative which is the pitch positive pledge to see whether pitches are necessary um, and whether they, you know, need to be 
carried out, bearing in mind the impact on well-being of staff. We're also going to be looking again at salaries across the sector, um, also bonus schemes, how that's working, all in the context of, like we said, the cost of living um, you know, challenges. Then we are also looking at, again, um, we'll be looking at churn rates, uh, the FAIR NDA pledge as well. Lo- lots of really interesting things to kind of unpack um, and find out more about. So that's all we've got time for. If you'd like to learn more about what we've been discussing today, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. We'll leave some links to the articles we've been talking about in the show notes. The majority of the School Report's content is only for campaign subscribers. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us or leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you to Nicola and Gurdjit for joining me. A big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager Nav Pal, and also to our producer, Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio. And also to you for listening. I hope you join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.